yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, Hi, everyone. I'm Carly. Oh, hey. I'm Harry. This is Known Unknowns. This is Known Unknowns. Yeah, I just said that. Thank I was you. repeating it in case they wanted to hear it in a man's voice. Whoa. Uh, rude. Sorry. Uh, what's new? Mm. What What's new? Uh, it's r- real nice outside. It's real hot. Got a sunburn. Yeah, you do. I'm red. I think I have a little bit of one. Uh, I I started reading a book. Even Me though too. I have multiple other books that I haven't finished reading. Yeah, it's okay. But I have I like haven't cracked open a book all quarantine, and I still, I still haven't cracked open right, one. I it's guess, on my phone. Yeah, I'm reading an ebook too. Yeah. I'm also reading a book. What are you reading? Uh, I'm reading uh, On Fire by Naomi Klein. Uh, Or On Fire, the case for the the burning case for a Green New Deal. Sort of, uh, it's a collection of essays about from over the last like 10 years about how uh, world leaders have failed to address climate change in any meaningful way. (laughs) Yes. Cool. Yeah. What are you reading? I'm reading <laughs> the the girl with the dragon, dragon, dragon tattoo. <laughs> Great. Is that as depressing as the book I'm reading? Um, not yet. I don't think so. It's pretty good. I've never read it. Okay. And I've never. Is there a movie? I've never seen it. Yeah. There. Are, I think a couple movies. Yeah. No, I've never seen it. But uh, me and my friend are reading it together as like a little book club. Cool. So that's good. I don't know why I'm acting like I didn't know that, but it seems fun. It is fun. Yeah. I like it. That's good. Um, but yeah, so I started reading a book. Yeah, it's really hot. I'm like sweating in here, but I can't turn the fan on or else it'll show up <laughs> on the recording. We turn on uh, the box fan too. It'll just that's... be really loud. Oh my God. Um, anything you want to share before we, like, get into it? Do you have something in mind? No. That I should share? Uh, um, drinking a nice Sauvignon Blanc. Cool. Wine. Yeah, I think they knew. All right, just in, you weren't reacting in any way, shape, or form. Is there anything you wanted to share? No. Any deep, dark secrets you want our audience to know? <laughs> no, they know everything about me. Any uh, shallow light secrets? No. Any shallow bright secrets? No. Who's first this week? I think you are. Okay. Is your story pretty long? Yeah. My story might be long, too. Awesome. So. <laughs> it's going to be a long one, So we better folks. just uh, get into it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I need to fix the volume here. Okay. Okay. So I would like to to... share that I'm real sleepy. I'm also really sleepy. It's pretty late. Yeah. It is pretty late. Yeah. And whose fault is that? Not mine. Mine, as usual. (laughs) Um, Okay, well, I'm going to get started. Okay, cool. So my topic this week is kind of different because we don't do a lot of this. Okay. But it started out as 
a ghost haunted story. So I was looking into like the most haunted places in the U.S. Mm-hmm. And the famous um, Lizzie Borden house came up. Mm. And like it's a very famous place. Very mm-hmm. haunted. But like I have troubles finding like haunted places. Yeah. Because... It's usually just like people hear bumps and creaks. Right. And or they hear voices and I'm like, that takes two seconds. Yeah. (laughs) But I was like, well, the story around it is really cool. Yeah, that's But also it's murdery and I know you don't like that. But like it's a really old, like true crime mystery. If it's old murder, then it's okay. Well, it's like not new. It's not going to like depress you in any way. Like it's about murder. Mm-hmm. Oh, mine's going to my my story is going to really depress you. Oh. Okay, great. Well, this one it's like super there's twists and turns and mystery and it's it's good. There's a lot of theories that I think we can uh, discuss. Oh, good. Good. I love discussion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's a good discussion piece. So, okay. I'm doing the Lizzie Borden case and the Lizzie Borden house. All right. All right. Ready for this? Yeah. Oh, hang on. <laughs> okay. So, August 4th, 1892 in Fall River, Massachusetts. Mm, Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where this was. Yeah. That morning, the Borden family maid, Bridget, or they call her Maggie, but her name is Bridget. Okay. But they call her Maggie. Got it. Uh, Sullivan. That's your last name. That's my last name. One of them. Uh, served breakfast to Andrew Borden and his wife, Abby, as usual. So the family consists of Andrew Borden, dad. Cool. Abby Borden, Stepmom. Ste- oh, stepmom. Stepmom. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And then there's Lizzie Borden. Okay. Youngest daughter. Okay. Uh oh, frick, what's her name? Emma? I know that's the name of somebody because no. I saw it on your page. There's another daughter. There's another older daughter. Older than Lizzie. Something okay. Borden. And those are the kids of Andrew Borden and his first wife. I'm pretty sure it's Emma. Okay, probably Emma. Because yeah. I, I remember it's seeing that on your... It's in here somewhere, but I your, can't see it. I saw that on your screen when Were I glanced at it Were you snooping? No, I would just... I, I can't help it. Rude, you When snooper. I glance... Anyway, I, Lizzie Borden, an unmarried 32-year-old Sunday school teacher. <sighs> unmarried in 1892. That just really gets me. Maybe she uh, was... So Lizzie weird. and Emma still live with her in the house, with her dad and their stepmom. Emma, okay. And Emma's older than Lizzie. Emma is older than Lizzie. Okay. You didn't comment on how well, she was. Is she also unmarried? I, yeah. They're both unmarried. Well, and she's I think even that's older weird. and unmarrieder than Lizzie is. Yeah, I think it's a little weird. Okay. So, 32 year old Sunday school teacher was the last to join her family, coming downstairs after her uncle, John Morse. Or okay. John V. Morse. John V. Morse. Uh, who had arrived unexpectedly for a visit the day before. Left the house, so okay. So we're in. So we're so we're in the dining room. Yeah, like eating breakfast. Okay, the mom and ma, dad and stepmom are down there first. They get served by Ms. Sullivan. Yes, their maid or maid, yeah, butler or cook or something. Yeah, yeah, she lives there. Okay, the help. Um, and so Emma comes down first, and then 
Uncle... No, Lizzie. Lizzie come... Well, you said that she's the last one to join. Lizzie is the last one to join. Okay. Does Emma come down at all? No, she's out of town. Oh, okay. But So John, John Morse came down first, left, okay. then Emma he joins. He came down. Lizzie, then Lizzie joins. joins. Yeah, this is okay. a lot of names. This is going to get it. confusing. So good to get this straight now. Um, so John Morse is gone. He left. Cool. After eating breakfast. Then Lizzie came down. Got it. Uh, Lizzie decided against eating breakfast. Uh, her father, okay. Andrew, decided to go downtown around nine in the morning. Um, I guess to work. That's what I read. Okay. Uh, sometimes I read. So it's an old case. So there's a lot of like diff, like little differences in each story. Mm-hmm. So in one of them, I found that he was going downtown to work. And then another one, it was just like, he decided to go downtown for the day. Okay. I'm like, okay. Um, so the Bordens were very rich and very well known. Like the Borden name is very important mm. there. And their patriarch served on the boards of several banks while working as a commercial landlord. Oh, so he probably could just like decide to go and work that day. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Andrew Borden uh, didn't grow up rich, though, even though um, a lot of his family did, like a lot of his cousins and like the okay. Bordens are pretty rich right but his his... specific family was poor right so he didn't grow up his parents weren't rich so he didn't grow up rich so now that he is rich uh he's very frugal with his money and most rich people there lived like on the hill Mm -hmm. um but he decided to stay in a modest house and it was okay. like you look at it, it's, it's like a pretty modest house for someone with his money mm-hmm. in a lower middle class area. He decided to stay. Okay. Because he wanted to, he mm. he liked that he earned all his money and he didn't, he just didn't want to be dumb with it. Right. Um, today, Andrew Borden would be worth about $10 million. Wow. So he was rich. Yeah. Like, He's a, yeah. a rich man. Yeah. So, meanwhile, Andrew had returned home. The dad had returned home because he was feeling sick. Okay. This was, I think, around 11 o'clock. Okay. Uh, The maid let him in, and Lizzie came downstairs, claiming that Mrs. Borden had left the house after receiving a note saying that a friend was sick. So, Andrew, dad, gets home. home. Yeah. Lizzie, the maid lets him in. Lizzie comes downstairs and is uh-huh. like hey dad mrs borden is gone so your wife yeah your more on that wife. later why they call her mrs borden <laughs> mrs borden is gone because she uh she had to leave the house because she got a note saying that a friend was sick so she's out oh man everyone's sick mm-hmm. i know so her father believed the story and retreated to his room oh well that makes me not believe the story that you put it that way i know Uh, I didn't even know there was a story to believe. I know, I shouldn't have said it. (laughs) Would remain for only a few minutes before coming back downstairs and settling on the sofa in the sitting room. Okay. Uh, He went to bed because he wasn't feeling good. And then also... He went to bed on the sofa? He went to sleep on the sofa, yeah. He didn't go back upstairs again. No, he went, he took a nap on the sofa. Got it. And then Ms. Sullivan... The maid, uh-huh. who was also not feeling well. Oh, man. So she reported throwing up that morning, and they think it's because of the flu that had traveled around the house in the days prior. Okay. So that everyone was just kind of getting sick. Uh, went to rest in her room where so, she fell asleep. Mm, Freaking John got everyone sick. 
Mm-hmm. So cool. Maggie, the maid, is uh, said she was asleep in her room. Uh-huh. The Andrew dad is asleep on the couch. Uh-huh. And Lizzie's just kind of there. And then the Abby, the stepmom, mm-hmm. is out. Okay. Lizzie says she's out. Okay. okay. So. So right. the maid only awoke. Oh, no. Uh-oh, hang on. Let me find my page. So, the maid only awoke when she heard Lizzie screaming from downstairs that her father was dead. Oh. Interesting. That's not good. No. So, she found her father dead, sprawled out on the couch and covered in blood, his face so badly disfigured that he was unrecognizable. Oh. Well, how does she know it's her father? After the screaming, uh, Ms. Sullivan ran to fetch the doctor and a neighbor friend of Lizzie's, but the commotion had attracted the attention of neighbors, who then summoned the police. Oh. At this point, Abby's whereabouts were still unknown. Uh, Lizzie Borden told the gathering crowd of concerned neighbors the same story she told her father, that her stepmother had received a note asking her to leave the house to visit a sick friend. Right. Okay. Lizzie also mentioned that her parents had been ill in the previous days and that she suspected their milk had been poisoned. <laughs> I don't okay. know how that... I mean, I can... I mean, if everyone's getting sick, something in the breakfast... Oh, that's true. Like, yeah, get yeah. someone sketchy is around. Yeah. After mm. returning with a local doctor named Seabury <laughs> Bowen... Right, but I don't think the poisoned milk disfigured her father's face. Uh, no, that's why I was like, why is that a necessary... <laughs> So uh, Bridget, Bridget, Maggie, uh-huh. checked for Abby upstairs, where she found Abby's limp body lying face down in a pool of her own blood. Oh, no. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, no. Abby Borden had been struck 19 times with a hatchet. Wow. Andrew had been hit 11 times with a hatchet. We're getting tired. Yeah, I know. One of Andrew's eyes had been cut in half and his nose had been completely severed from his face. Yo. Yeah, I knew you wouldn't like this part. <laughs> um, Abby's blood was dark and congealed, leading Bowen to believe that Abby had actually been killed first. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Right? It is interesting. The county medical examiner, Dr. Dolan, looked at the bodies after Bowen. Later, Dolan would have the Borden's stomachs removed and tested, and no evidence that the couple had been poisoned was ever found. Okay. So, let's get into the investigation here. In the days after the murders, uh-huh. an abundance of clues that all led to dead ends confused the investigation even further. So... A bloody hatchet. Okay, so the hatchet, all right? Mm-hmm. So we know that a hatchet or something like that struck the struck them. Right. Was used as the weapon. Um, so I have two accounts of the murder weapon here, which is very interesting okay. because so some people so some things say a bloody hatchet was found on a neighboring farm. But it had only been used to kill chickens. Mm-hmm. And I also heard in like a documentary and a couple other um, uh, articles that the axe head 
was found in the basement. So they have the axe head that they think killed. So they have the weapon. It's just conflicting accounts of where they where found they it. Where they found it. Okay. But they have it. It's like in the museum that they have now. Okay. And it's just like a hatchet that was broken off the handle. So there's like a tiny little piece mm. of the wooden handle. Well, maybe the, so, the hatchet broke. That's why they stopped it. Only 11 hits on the dead. Yeah. I also heard, yeah, in a documentary that the axe head was found in the basement of the Borden house in a box with three other axes. Oh. But both accounts, the hatchet was completely clean, Hmm. but like when you look at it, but then when it was tested for like hairs and blood, like found in the crevices. Yeah. They were, there was hair and blood found, but they were not human. Oh. But they still say that that is the murder weapon. Maybe the Bordens weren't human. (laughs) my god so a man seen wandering around the borden's property had an airtight alibi for the time of the murders and even (laughs) sullivan was a suspect but they couldn't find a clear motive because she was also in the house Mm -hmm. sleeping right Mm -hmm. (laughs) then the police finally zeroed in on lizzie borden dun 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 lizzie yeah crazy right At first, the police did not suspect Lizzie Borden. She was a spinster from a respected and well-off family. Mm -hmm. And Lizzie swore to District Attorney Hosea Knowlton that (laughs) she was in the barn looking for a piece of iron when the attacks took place. Well, if she she said she didn't do it, then she probably didn't do it. Mm -hmm. But there was no physical evidence that she did it. Okay. Not even a bloody scrap of clothing to indicate that she did it. In mm. all accounts of the story, from multiple witnesses, Lizzie's dress was completely clean. Mm. Like when she was like, my dad is dead. Right. And it was the same dress that she was like wearing earlier in the day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe she had two. So, yeah, Lizzie's dress was completely clean. No blood stains. Uh, it was just that no one else could have done it. Right. So... Uh, the timeline doesn't really make sense any other way. Like, mm. if Abby was killed early in the morning, the murderer, if it wasn't Lizzie or Maggie, would right. have hidden, would have had to hide, like, in the house for several hours, like, waiting for Andrew to return. Right. Um, and then, what also, also suspicious, like, Lizzie claimed that her stepmother received that note. Yeah. Right. It's weird. It is weird. Yeah. So Abby had clearly never made it out of the house. Mm-hmm. So where was the note? Right. And they couldn't find the note. Hmm. So Lizzie told her friend Alice Russell that her stepmother may have accidentally burned it. <laughs> she's always doing stuff like that. Yeah, she's she's, always she's doing burning stuff like things that. all the way, all the time. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you give her anything, it's bound to wind up in the fire sooner or later. Mm-hmm. So, eventually, investigators also discovered that the day before the murders took place, oh. Lizzie had tried to buy prussic acid, otherwise known as cyanide, from a drugstore. Oh. But the clerk said she needed a prescription before she could purchase it. So, she tried to buy poison the day right. before her parents died. Who would prescribe a person cyanide? I don't know. <laughs> The fact that she just went to, like, a pharmacist and was like, can I get some cyanide? And they're like, no, you need a prescription for that. <laughs> like, what the hell? Um, Only if your doctor's trying to kill you. 
Yeah. Uh, a few days after the murder, Russell, the, the good friend of Lizzie, right. saw Lizzie burning one of her dresses at the stove in her house. Oh. When Russell asked her why she was destroying the dress, Lizzie said that it was stained with paint and could no longer be worn. Hmm. Sounds sketchy, but okay. Lizzie's sister, maid, and the house painter at the time all said paint was spilled on it. Okay. So she burned it. Like the house painter was like, yeah, I spilled paint on her dress. And she... So she I burned guess, it. Okay. I don't... I guess that's how you got rid of shit. Yeah, I guess You don't want to throw your dress in the trash back then, I don't think. Yeah, I guess. It's an easy way to get rid of stuff. Still weird. People mm-hmm. could have been covering. She'll just like burning things. Maybe, maybe Lizzie accidentally burned up the note, but she blamed it on her dead stepmother yeah she likes burning things yeah lizzie's the one who has the actual firebug. yeah then after the judge heard the the dress story mm-hmm. she was charged with three counts of murder murder of abby andrew and just to be safe both murders <laughs> like there was a page that was like she one charge for Abby's murder, one charge for Andrew's murder, and one charge for both their murders. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I was like, wait, what? That's funny. Only only in eighteen ninety two or whatever. <laughs> I thought it was funny. That is funny. So the trial of Lizzie Borden lasted fourteen days. Reporters mm. from Boston and New York crowded the courtroom day after day, and they called it the Great Trial. <laughs> Though Lizzie never testified during the trial, she was still the star of the show. <laughs> and she ate up every minute of it. That's what people say. At one point, a piece of tissue paper covering the skull of her father fell to the floor. They brought the skulls br- in to yeah. show that the hatchet fit in the slots. <laughs> okay. So when the skull was uncovered, like he like accidentally knocked it off the thing before he wanted to show it. Lizzie caught sight of the bludgeoned skull and fainted, (laughs) fell to the floor and fainted. (laughs) Um, She's cool. I know. I love her. I know. But presenting the skulls of the murdered Bordens turned out in uh, Lizzie's favor. Okay. So her lawyer... Reasoned that whoever caused such extreme damage must have been covered in blood after the incident. Yeah. Fair. But Lizzie's clothes were perfectly clean. Mm-hmm. That's what gets me with this. I'm like, but her clothes were clean. Well, maybe she took off her dress from earlier. She put on a different one to like murder the people and then she put the. Yeah, but there was a very like on. short time frame from when she was out in the shed okay. looking for iron to when she came in and saw her dad was like murdered okay so dresses were hard to get on and off back then they were big maybe she had one like stored in the shed yeah uh or she had two the defense was was rich she could have two dresses the defense was able to produce witnesses who saw lizzie leave the barn and at the time of the murders or who claim to see strange characters lurking around the property. Mm. Enough, at least, to create reasonable doubt for Lizzie's guilt. Interesting. The defense was also able to have the drugstore clerk's testimony that Lizzie had tried to buy poison dismissed 
on the basis that it was irrelevant and prejudicial. Hmm. Like it was a, uh, it was poison, so it had nothing to do with the case, and it was the day before they died. It was it had nothing to do with the case technically because it wasn't on the day of, and it wasn't a hatchet. Makes sense so to me. So they said it didn't have. It was irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. So on June nineteenth, Lizzie was found not guilty of murdering Andrew and Abby. Hell yeah. She and her sister Emma, who inherited their father's estate, bought a house in the fashionable part of Fall River on the hill. Ooh. <laughs> so theories here. Okay. Ready? Yeah. So, Lizzie Borden did it for the money. That's a good theory. She wanted to live the high life, but her father didn't allow it. Yep. She wanted a freaking house on the yeah. hill, and she did not want to live in this gross area. That's what I was about to say. And she also reportedly hated her stepmom. Mm-hmm. So, here's the story. Emma okay. and Lizzie's mom died soon after Lizzie was born. Okay. Uh, they called Abby their stepmom. Mm-hmm. No, they called Abby their stepmom mom for a while because that was really all they knew right. of a mom. Uh-huh. So they called sure. her mom for a yeah. while uh, until they had a, a little falling out. So aunt, their dad bought their stepmom's sister a beautiful house on the hill because oh. they were struggling, but wouldn't buy one for Emma and Lizzie. Oh, so after this, uh, they started calling their stepmom Mrs. Borden. Mrs. Borden. That's that's good. And then, you know, resented their father. Yeah. So I guess the money motive makes sense, you mm-hmm. know? But, oh, yeah, yeah, other Other reasons why she's guilty. Okay. Lizzie changed her story about where she was at during the time of the murders many times. Mm, Oh, she did, did she? Yes. She said she was in the barn looking for iron. Then she said she was in the kitchen reading a book. Then she said she was taking a nap, but ultimately decided she was in the barn looking for a piece of iron to put at the end of her fishing rod because she wanted to go fishing. Okay. But then she said she hadn't been fishing for over five years. Well, that's why she had to look for the iron. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this couldn't be used in court because the first few stories she told were she didn't have a lawyer present and she was never read her, so Miranda rights or whatever weren't like a thing yet, Uh but you still had to tell them that whatever they say can be used in court. So I guess basically Mm -hmm. along those lines, they weren't read to her. So they couldn't use any of the stuff she said before her lawyer came into the picture. Ah. Yes. Other odd things. So her lawyers were obviously, like, good because she was rich. Right. But, like, the main lawyer Mm -hmm. was the former governor of Massachusetts. Oh. And just so happened <laughs> to be really the rich. man who appointed the judge of the case. Okay. She's she's really rich. So she's... um To get the former governor to... Yeah, but like, you know, her lawyer, yeah, her and, lawyer the judge and the judge were like besties, besties. And he was very influential, obviously, because he was I'm like... I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so well, that helps. People also think that... Uh, Lizzie was very cold 
and had no emotions and mm-hmm. that her lawyers had te- had to teach her to look feminine and innocent uh-huh. so they like made her dress in all black uh-huh. and she had a fan with her yeah. and she would cover her face with it anytime that they read like gruesome facts about the murders to yeah. make her look like you know mm-hmm. she was innocent and like <laughs> just yeah um but in 2012, journals kept by Lizzie's lawyer, Andrew Jackson Jennings, were obtained by the Fall River Historical Society, and the journals revealed Jennings' direct observations of Lizzie, mm-hmm. who people thought of as cold-blooded and callous. But Jennings saw a sensitive side to Lizzie and a woman grieving her loss. The notebooks did not, however, bring the public any closer to knowing who actually killed the Bordens, but he obviously, he really believed that Lizzie was innocent. Okay. And these were, like, in his personal, like, journals. Right. So that's interesting. Yeah, that is. Um, What were some other weird, I don't know if I, there were so many, like, weird coincidences mm-hmm. with what, okay, so... You know how there was no, like, blood on her clothes? Yeah. A lot of people actually believe that Lizzie committed the murders naked, and that's why there's no blood on her clothes. Yeah, I didn't think of that, yeah. That's insane. No, that's ridiculous. She did not commit the murders naked. Why not? No. That's how you keep from getting blood on your clothes. Was her hair, Um, like, wet or anything? Did it look like she took a bath? No. When people came? Okay. No. But she could have just thrown the clothes on over the blood. Yeah. Wiped up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why she was, the dress had all the blood on the inside, and that's why she was burning it. She And she intentionally, like, somehow, like, rigged it so, so that... she wore it. So she wore the it, and the then... The painter and then got paint Yeah, on and it. then somehow... Maybe she just tripped in the paint. Yes, she, like, somehow made the house painter spill paint on her, on that dress, so that she had an excuse to burn it. Damn. That's good. Mm-hmm. It is good. She's a good murderer, Lizzie. I know. Okay. Uh, what else? So let's get into some other theories. Yeah. If I think of other weird things about Lizzie being the murderer, mm-hmm. I'll mention it. Okay. But I know there was other weird things. Yeah, I'm it. sure there are. Plenty of other. But also other theories that are like, oh, I mean, maybe she didn't do it. Right. There's I mean, other, I think a lot it's, of other it's possible. So other theories. The two sisters made the plans. Yeah. While that was Lizzie gonna be alone my second theory. carried out the actual murders while Emma was out of town. Yeah. Because I think, because then they like immediately like used the money to move in together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Emma was conveniently out of town. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Um, others think that uh, another one, popular one, is Lizzie and the maid were having an affair. Oh. And murdered the Bordens together. Is this theory from Tumblr? I think so. Okay. <laughs> There's no real evidence to this, but like, <laughs> I mean, it would make a lot of sense. Like, A, how did, how was the maid asleep while two people were being brutally murdered? She, Don't buy it. You know how Irish people are. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. They're um, deep sleepers. Or sure. she was drunk. And she was covering for Lizzie. Like, maybe there was blood on her dress. And she's like, no, there was no blood on her dress. Mm-hmm. Or she helped Lizzie change really quickly. Yeah. Oh. No, I think that uh, Maggie Sullivan was, uh, she was 
she was just blackout drunk during it, and so she had no idea what was going on. No. She passed uh, out. I th- I kind of think that one's a good one. Yeah. It's mostly internet speculation, though. Yeah, most it sounds, are, though. sounds like internet I speculation. I mean, most of these are. So. Yeah, I know, but that one especially. Uh, some think, so a popular one that's growing more popularity mm-hmm. is that Lizzie did commit the murders, but it was because Lizzie was being um, sexually abused by her father. Okay. And she already hated her stepmom, so right. she killed them, and that explains why it was so, like, mm-hmm. passionate. Like, sure. she just, like hacked in his face 11 mm-hmm. times but it's also like why but she then, didn't hate her dad that much yeah and that sounds like an impulse more like it seems weird that she'd kill the stepmother before that and do it as violently as the father like yeah. if it was i don't know i don't know i mean maybe i don't know Another theory which I find interesting. So, according to a nurse of Lizzie's... Mm -hmm. Is there any evidence to support the being sexually abused by the father thing? I don't think so, but it's, like, really popular. It's, like, getting more and more popular, so there might be some, like... Uh It's all speculation. Yeah. None of... There's no evidence to any of this. Right. Like, apparently a mock trial a few years ago was um, done... With all the same evidence, like all the new evidence. Right. And they still found Lizzie Borden not guilty because there's mm-hmm. just not enough evidence. Right. Have they ever done any like DNA testing on the axe? I guess there's probably not enough DNA on it. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Well, they said it wasn't human. So whatever they did. Right. Yeah. It's I, not I, I wasn't sure if that was like a recent like inspection of it or at the time. Yeah, I'm not sure. With... I'm not sure I'm buying that it was even the. Uh, murder weapon they just kind of found this thing around and they were like yeah that could be it mm-hmm. a completely clean hatchet and then they're like here it is everyone right because it looks like it fits yeah and i'm like that doesn't no um okay so according to a nurse of lizzie's who took care of her for about a week when she was recovering from a gallbladder surgery okay lizzie told the nurse that Lizzie's boyfriend at the time mm. killed Abby and then hid in the closet, hid in her closet, until Andrew got home and killed him. Okay. So. Interesting. Yeah. Is there anything like else did, on that? No. Oh, okay. But, Just I mean, that, that's what Lizzie's... Accord- and everyone said that the nurse was, like, very well respected, and someone reported that, um, like, a good friend of hers was like, oh, if she said it, she she wasn't... She's not one to lie, so Lizzie right. obviously said it, whether it was true or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, also at the trial, uh, Lizzie... When they said, did you kill um, your mom and dad? And she goes, she's not my mom. She's my stepmom. <laughs> and I'm like. God, Lizzie, you're not making this better for yourself. But also, they found out later that uh, her doctor had um, been, she like, bef- right before the trial, she was, she was experiencing a lot of, like, anxiety and stress, so her doctor gave her, like, morphine to sedate her. Mm-hmm. So she was, like, sedated while she was up on the stand or whatever. 
or like talking to the judge in the initial like trial the initial like uh phase where they like charge her for things or something I see so she was like that could be why she was babbling or like had different accounts of things uh, blah blah right. blah a lot of different reasons yeah because she was like heavily was sedated morphine. yeah and i'm like oh well yeah that could be why she was being weird um the boyfriend thing is interesting because the nurse was like yeah lizzie told me that this happened right she was probably on a lot of drugs then, too, so maybe she was telling the truth. Could be. So, Are there another other th- popular yes, theory. more theories. Is that the uncle that was staying the night, yeah. that night randomly, mm-hmm. he committed the murders. So he is actually unaccounted for from 9 a.m. to noon. Okay. <laughs> Some things say that his alibi was airtight, but I don't... Other things said that uh, he... It was airtight that he was with his friends. His friends said, yeah, he was with us in the morning. Um, So I guess that was, like, confirmed. But he also said that, like, in the group of friends that um, he was with the the town doctor. Like, he was like, oh, this guy, his name, he was there, too. Mm. But, like, that doctor was actually the one that was at the Borden's house at the time. So he he like lied right about he who said he was in who he was with. One of the people who he said he was with wasn't actually with him because he was at the Borden's house. Right. So curious, yeah. That yeah, was and be I just think it's weird that he was mine. just randomly there, and he was like not doing very good, and he was like in the same business with Andrew. Oh, they were both like bank people, but like he wasn't doing good, so oh. he needed the so money. So he. What do you mean he was like randomly there? He was like. He just showed up unexpectedly the night before and was like, hey, can I stay? Interesting. I'm in for a visit. Okay. Yeah, that's weird. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So I also think it could be him. I agree. I agree. I think it was him. I'm pretty sure those are all. So the, the, those uh, are all the ones you. Okay. Yeah, but there's so the a theories ton. Are, there's a, so many. This is was, just like a handful. All right. It was Lizzie because she wanted the money. It was Lizzie and her sister because they both wanted the money. It was Lizzie and the maid mm-hmm. because they wanted the money or something. They were in love. Or they were in love and couldn't be in love while her stepmother and father were alive. Did she, did the maid like come with them to the new house or anything or? No. Okay. So I don't think it was that one. Is there any like record of her like continuing to be friends with the maid or anything? No, but she was probably gay. Why is that? Well, I have more info. Oh, what about it? after she was acquitted? Oh, okay. But okay. Anyway, so the the maid then um, sexually abused. Right, she did it. She did it because she was sexually abused. Her boyfriend at the time. Her boyfriend did it. And the uncle. And the uncle did it. Okay, my the two or just the maid. That was also another one. But. Oh, well, is there anything? Was the maid's, like, clothes just because she was covered in there. blood or anything? Or? But also, they couldn't find a... No. They okay. just, people are like, maybe it was the maid. But also, right. why would she kill the people that gave her a job? I mean, there are lots of reasons to kill the people who gave you a job. Yeah, well, there, I mean, there, there, was no there are lots of reasons to kill your and, boss. Yeah, well. I, maybe they weren't... You know, maybe... I mean, uh, Mr. Borden was 
uh, thrifty and frugal. Maybe he wasn't paying her enough. That's true. I mean, I can, or overworking her. I mean, there are plenty of reasons she would be unhappy with them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I don't know. They're all good. I think they're all good. And then some people think it's just a random person. Maybe the maid was in town. a drunken rage. I can Maybe. say it because I'm half Irish. Anyway, yeah, so those are some of the theories. There's a billion of them. Okay. Um, so, the aftermath of Lizzie Borden's acquittal. Mm-hmm. The sisters lived peacefully at Fall River until 1904, when Lizzie Borden, now calling herself Lisbeth, she legally changed her name to Lisbeth. Interesting. Which Was her is... full name Elizabeth? Yeah, I think so. Maybe not. I don't know. Elizabeth. It must have been Elizabeth. Which people were like, that is not what a Christian woman does. You only change your name when you get married. Oh, yeah. She totally murdered them then. Mm -hmm. So she's like, uh, her name is like, so she legally changed her name to Elizabeth. So anyway, so the sisters lived peacefully until 1904 when Lizzie Borden met an actress named Nance O'Neill. Mm-hmm. The pair formed a strong bond, and okay. most people think that they were lovers. Okay. Which there's some good evidence to suggest that. The internet thinks everyone's gay, though. No, I think it was, like, her sister moved out because she didn't, so then her sister I mean, moved yeah, out I'm, because I'm just they didn't, it. she didn't approve of their, like, unhealthy relationship. Okay. Well, that gives it a little bit more credence. I'm just saying that, like... Right, I know. But, I mean, the sister moved out because... But also, it could have just been she didn't like that Lizzie was, like, talking to an actress. Yeah, cause because I, that's... Because they were basically, like, sex workers work. at the time. Yeah, like, that's... people were like, no, you don't talk to actresses, actors, nothing. Mm-hmm. But... Still that way today. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Emma moved out of the house. Okay. And then they never saw each other again. Oh, wow. And Lizzie Borden lived out the rest of her days in relative quiet and privacy before dying in 1927 at the age of 67. And Emma, I think, died like nine days before her. They died Hmm. within nine days of each other. Wow. Which is interesting. Maybe Emma died before her? Yeah, I think so. So do we think Lizzie killed Emma too? I don't think so. I do. Okay. I think that she, because she was like BFFs with uh, Nance O'Neill. Right. And her sister didn't approve of their unhealthy relationship. Right. Could have just been because she was a gross actress, but I think she could have been gay. Mm -hmm. Nance O'Neill was also Irish. Anyway. so, So maybe Emma knew that the maid had murdered her parents but for some reason didn't like you know she found out like after the fact when lizzie told her and so she just harbored a grudge against the irish for the rest of her life and that's why that's why irish oh her name's o'neill it's no the maid's oh the maid because her name's sullivan Um, and so, yeah, so Emma just harbored a grudge against the Irish, and so she didn't want to be in the same house as one ever again. Okay, well, maybe. 
Um, it was the 1890s or 1900s. And Emma was always on Lizzie's side about the murders. Like, she's like, she didn't do it. Mm-hmm. So, but, mm-hmm. so now the Borden house is a B&B and Ooh. museum. B&B, you say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's about $300 a night per room. If you want the Lizzie and the Lizzie Borden room and like the parents' room uh, to get like you want both the rooms, it's like five hundred dollars a night. But like mm-hmm. separately, I think they're about three hundred a night for two people, and Got then it. like a hundred dollars more for each added person. Hmm. Um, and then if you want to rent the whole house, it's fifteen hundred dollars a night. Hmm. And they do tours and ghost tours too. Uh, it's supposedly really haunted. It's one of the most haunted places in the U.S., and that is why I originally chose this, but it's not that interesting. The case is more interesting, (laughs) and the story behind it is more interesting, because, uh, so people think Abby, Andrew, and Lizzie haunt the halls of the house, and people see them walking around and hear people crying out for help, Mm -hmm. um, so not that interesting, just typical but ghost it's stuff. It's more like that Andrew and Abby haunt the house. I feel like Lizzie would probably haunt the other house where yeah. she lives the rest of her life. Well, basically every paranormal investigator with a TV show has been there to investigate because it's like, mm-hmm. and because it's just a, it's a very interesting story. Like everyone's very interested in who killed them and yeah. why Lizzie Borden did it. So there's I'm never. Not, I don't know. Like it. So after sometimes I hear that, I don't mm-hmm. know, I'm like, oh yeah, she totally did it, and then other things I hear, I'm like, I mean, maybe not. Mm. So so after Lizzie was acquitted, was there any? There was no more investigation or anything into it. No, but everyone in town thought she was guilty. That was part of the reason she like changed her name. I don't know, but that doesn't make any sense because she stayed in the area. She right, stayed she in stayed the in the same city and kept her last name and barely changed her first name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So I, that's the story. Yeah. That's what I got. Okay. So other than Lizzie, who do you think might have done it? Who's your second choice? Or what's your second most likely theory that you think? Other than Lizzie just doing it for the money. Maybe the uncle. The uncle. Yeah. That's my second choice as well. So, okay. Or her this boyfriend she might have had sounds interesting. I want to hear more about that. Right. But I don't know. Okay. Mainly, the main reason that she was acquitted, like, then, I, I guess, was mm-hmm. because they used the case that she was a woman. Right. And women, women. kill by poison. They don't, ah. they don't commit brutal, like, right. bloody hatchet murders. Mm-hmm. They're like, that's not how women do it. They right. poison people. That's not a woman could not do this, and a lot of all it, the the jury was all white mustachioed men. That was like a that was a quote that I read somewhere. White mustachioed men, and they were all like, "Oh no, no, no!" And she had a great lawyer. I don't know. Women I'm, can kill people anyway, the same ways that men murder people. Yeah, everyone. Women are just as good murderers as men are. Hmm. Mm. Another reason they think she's... I just keep thinking of things. Yeah. I did a lot of research keep into thinking. this. She... So, the days before the murder, like a few days, she was acting very strange, apparently. So, A, she tried to buy poison. Right. The day before her uh, Like died. a woman would. Right. 
Exactly. She couldn't get her hands Women on Women be poisoning. <laughs> Women, Women be scheming. <laughs> I heard that in a podcast today. And... <laughs> The guy was, <laughs> he's like, if men use 10% of their brains, women use like, now use like 20% of their brains. And then the girl was like, women be scheming. And I just thought it was the funniest thing. <laughs> women be scheming. And I'm like, yeah, they do. Anyway, so like the day before she decided to buy poison, so two days before the murder, right? their house was supposedly robbed. Interesting. Yeah. So only Abby's like Abby's like some like fifty dollars in cash and a bunch of her jewelry. Only Abby's stuff was stolen. Yeah. Went was missing. Okay. And the only people in the house at the time were the maid and Lizzie. Okay. And so they called the police. Mm-hmm. And Lizzie was like, "Oh, let me let me show you what was taken. Like, l- l- come up here. Let me show you what was taken." And she took him up into the into Abby and Andrew's room and was like, "Look." Stuff was taken out of this drawer. Oh, and okay. So this, so, so this was... they were like, "You did it, Lizzie." Right. She's like, "No, I didn't." And then they're like, well, "You did it. Why are you calling us?" And then <laughs> they were like, "Lizzie definitely <laughs> staged a robbery to, and they think to make it seem like people were." You know, someone right. raided the house. There was sketchy people in the neighborhood. She thought the neighborhood was like sketchy, so yeah. it makes sense that someone came in and murdered them. Mm-hmm. So then, this was like a few a few days before the murder. Mm-hmm. Two days before. Okay, mm-hmm. I was gonna say that like she was gonna like she took like the money and jewelry to like try and frame the her stepmother Abby. Um, like to make it look like she bought the poison the next day that was then used to kill mm. them. But then I remembered that a Abby died. So yeah. I don't think she would have, uh, bludgeoned herself to death. <laughs> yeah, I guess she gave up on that plan so. and decided to just kill Abby too. Mm-mm. And also, yeah, the, her, I also think it could be the uncle because it happened in the uncle's <laughs> guest room that he was staying in. Oh, the un- she was Abby was up there making his bed. Oh, and then he and then, and then she died. She was murdered on the floor next to his bed that he was staying in the yeah. guest room. Maybe he and was And then he might have just hid in his closet. Maybe he was like trying to kill the dad and then and he was like waiting in his room and then Abby came in and he murdered her because she found him or something mm-hmm. or he thought that she was a Mr. Borden. Oh, Andrew. and he was a. Apparently, he was also a butcher. Oh. Uh, which okay. is interesting because I thought he was in the same line of business. But he was a butcher, so they a... think he could have used his little cle- meat cleaver thingy or like. Okay. Yeah, as that's a weapon. possible. That could be. Or it's possible. He'd at least have a good chopping arm. Mm-hmm. But it seems like someone who had a lot of hatred. For the mom, 19 times. Yeah, because even if he mistook her for the wrong, for Andrew after like a few hits, he would like realize, oh, this is the wrong person. I don't need to keep hitting them this much. Unless, okay, maybe the uncle was having an affair with Abby and she was going to like tell Andrew or something. Or Andrew was going to. And so he murdered her, and then... 
Some people think that the dad was actually killed first, and Abby saw, ran uh-huh. upstairs, and then they hit her. But, but the her, people were like, oh, she was obviously killed first. Right, a her few blood hours was more before. congealed and stuff. Yes. Darker. So. But I think it's sketchy that Lizzie was like, oh, hey, uh, stepmom is out. She got a note. Yeah, that's very. But weird. she didn't go out. And then, she was mur- mm. while she said that, she was murdered upstairs in the bedroom. Right. Okay. So the timeline. So I think Lizzie did it, probably. Yeah. So that's so, okay. So let me just the timeline of events mm-hmm. is they have breakfast. Um, everyone is the uncle leaves before Lizzie comes down. Emma is out of town. Yes. Um, okay. Then they all disperse. Andrew goes into town. The maid goes to bed. Lizzie goes out to the barn to find iron. Mm-hmm. Is she the and then and the mom goes upstairs to make Andrew's bed or the uncle's bed, John's bed. Well, no. No. She would have already Lizzie already Lizzie wasn't out when the mom was killed. Okay. Lizzie said, Oh, mom was out. Right. Okay. So, okay. So they have but breakfast. She was in the barn when the dad was supposedly being murdered. Okay. So they have breakfast. Lizzie doesn't eat. Mm-mm. The dad goes into town. Mm-hmm. The ma- the maid goes to bed. L- the mom gets murdered. And then the dad comes back. The maid's still asleep. L- he gets murdered while Lizzie might be either reading or napping or in the barn. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And then she comes back in, right, and finds him murdered, yeah. and then the maid wakes up. Okay. Mm-hmm. So probably Lizzie, but the Was... no blood on the dress thing gets me. Yeah. Like, she came back in completely clean. Right, and it's weird that the maid didn't hear anything. That's what I'm saying! I, yeah. Then you said Irish people sleep heavily or some <laughs> shit. And I was like, no. Yeah, I know. I was joking. I know. I was just, just joshing you. Yeah. But I said that. Yeah, I know. No, like, no, no, no. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's weird that the maid so didn't maybe, hear anything. Okay. So Lizzie murdered both her parents outside. Mm. Well, I think it could just be she killed him. Went outside to the barn or whatever, went outside, changed her clothes, Mm -hmm. came back in and was like, look, he's dead. Because if everyone, if the other lady, Abby was already dead, the maid was asleep, Mm -hmm. how would anyone know how long she was outside? Right. Like, it doesn't make any sense how they're like, she wouldn't have had time. Because I'm like, Mm -hmm. she had all the time she wanted, right? Everyone was asleep. She could have killed him, went outside, changed her clothes. Mm-hmm. But also, wouldn't people notice she changed her clothes? Right. That's what I think is kind of weird, too. It is also weird. Yeah. Okay. So, let's say... So, let, let okay, let's say it's the boyfriend. Then. Yeah. Okay. Weird. So, everyone goes down to breakfast. The boyfriend, like, sneaks in through some window. Yeah. Or something. He hides in a room upstairs. When Abby comes upstairs... Dares, he kills her. Mm-hmm. Then Lizzie goes outside while he kills the dad, or maybe she's just in another room or 
far enough away not to get blood on her. And then the boyfriend leaves. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Maybe. It's definitely interesting that she said that. But maybe she just wanted attention. Could be. I don't know. But we're at 55 minutes. Yeah. Should I even do my story? Yes. Okay. But isn't it interesting? It is really interesting. I know you don't like true crime, but I thought that one was worth the read. Yeah, it's an old true crime thing. Mine's a little bit true crimey too. Mm. I mean, it is it is about crime. True and crime true. triangle. I don't remember what it was before, and we don't do it anymore because we suck. <laughs> so that okay, so yours was a little bit of um, Oh, and now it's haunted. And I want to stay in it cuz it's a cute ass house. All right. I'm going to show you pictures later. It's adorable. But apparently, it's only 20 feet wide. The house? The house is only 20 feet wide. Wow. It's like three stories, though. That is a modest house. Three, Yeah, 20 feet wide. There's no... All the bedrooms are on the same floor, but there's no hallways. So all the bedrooms are, like, connected? Mm-hmm. All the bedrooms are connected by a door. And oh, then after okay. they were robbed... Andrew started locking all the doors, like locking right. his door before he left. But then he would leave the key on top of the like fireplace mantle. <laughs> okay, that's kinda... so. I'm like, that doesn't work. Yeah, just try that key in any of the locked doors, and you'll eventually mm-hmm. figure it out. So isn't that weird? That's why I'm also like, how did no one hear anything? There, that's all, really there's weird. No privacy. Yeah, there's no. It's an old ass house. There's no privacy. All the like it's. I couldn't believe... I was like 20 feet wide. That's so small. Yeah. It's just like a little taller and like goes back. But Mm -hmm. like there's no hallways. Each room just kind of leads to another room. Curious. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyway, just can... Isn't it just such a weird ass story? It's very weird. I don't know. Someone in a documentary I was watching, a girl was like, I don't ever want it to be solved because the mystery is what's so fun about it. And I'm like, (laughs) I laughed. I was like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But also I'm like, everyone involved is dead anyway. There's plenty of other things to look into. Yeah. It'd be like cool to know what actually happened. But even then, there's no way to actually prove it because everyone's dead. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and, and be, the whole mystery the part is the it? fun of, like, she was right. I mean, that's why everyone likes it so much, because <laughs> it's like, so crazy. put her skeleton in jail if you prove that she did right. it? I'm like, what are you going to do? I don't, you know, I don't know. That's it's a good silly. idea. There should be, for, like, there should be a skeleton jail for people who uh, we figure out they did a crime after they're... After they died. So the B&B breakfast, they have, like, the hatchet there, and then, like, the skulls, and you can see, like, the smashed-in skulls. It's Mm -hmm. crazy. Also, they just look like big holes in the side of their skull, so I'm like, yeah, if they were like, look, this hatchet fits inside. The hatchet thing I don't get. The hatchet was never proven to be the actual murder weapon. It was just found, and it's just a hatchet head. So she had to, like, hold it from the head and just, like, Well, I mean... Conceivably, I mean, I my guess is that the hatchet broke. Where'd if the it, stick go then? It, if they found the hatchet, they burned it. She okay, she well. likes burning things. True. <laughs> the note, my she probably Mrs. Borden probably just things just burned get burned note. in this house apparently. I so, so I mean, it makes sense that the hatchet uh, handle would get burned too. Yeah. Okay, go because I'm getting sweaty in here. Okay. Oh God. So it's I'm uh, I'm gonna talk about another. Uh, I'm gonna talk about the Dutro affair. Um, I, my story is going to be, it's very dark and very disturbing. 
I left out a lot of the most disturbing details, but still, even the parts that remain are still uh, pretty gross. So content warning for um, young child sex trafficking, um, rape, murder, um, and all that kind of thing. If you don't want to hear about bad things happening to children, do not listen any further. We're going to take a trip into Conspiracy Corner. Conspiracy Corner. Plus true crime. Plus true crime. Yeah. There's a little bit of ghost town. Ghost town. Oh, yeah, you do plus the ghost true town. Plus true crime. Plus true crime. Yeah, everything's just plus true it's crime. A plus true crime kind of episode. In the documentary I watched. They compared the Lizzie Borden case to the OJ case of its time. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. There's a lot of like parallels. They were in like the case and the, they like went over it and I'm like, whoa, it is. And everyone's like, yeah, Lizzie totally did it, uh-huh. but she didn't get, there wasn't quite enough evidence. And then OJ, it was like, yeah, right. obviously OJ did it. Yeah, and then Lizzie was later arrested for breaking into, like, someone for, like, burglary or something. (laughs) Didn't that happen? Yeah, it was interesting because they're like, it was the OJ case of its time. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Anyway, (laughs) keep going. And now she's on Twitter. Because they're like, it's so famous. Like, it's, it's such a famous case. And I'm like, is it? Did everyone really know about it? But I'm like, everyone knows about the OJ case. Yeah. If this was, like, an OJ kind of... Because it was in the papers everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, she killed him. She killed him. Yeah. Anyway, that... continue. Talk about your subject okay. now. Okay, so the Dutroux affair. We're going Ooh. to Belgium for this one, baby. Belgium, it's... baby! <laughs> sort of a uh, sort of a Belgian version of the uh, whole Ep- Jeffrey Epstein case. It's like a, yes. it's an Epstein-adjacent sort of love it. Uh, situation. So, on August 13th, 1996, in Belgium, three people were arrested. There were Marc Dutroux, his wife, Michelle Martin, and his friend, Michel Lelievre. <laughs> Le- Lelievre? Okay. Um, it would be eight years before any of them stood trial for their part in the kidnapping of six girls and murder of four. Oh my gosh. The investigation into the affair was prolonged by mistakes by police officers, the deaths of numerous potential witnesses and accomplices, um, uh, dismissals of officers, ignored leads, bizarre choices by investigators, all of which point to corruption in all levels of the Belgian government and suggest that the criminal network which Dutroux was a part of extended much further and higher up than the official findings would have you believe. This is Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, I know. It's like, it's like, I don't know. Looking into all the Jeffrey Epstein stuff, there's plenty of people who are like, there's like, who like think that there's like a conspiracy of, you know, all the all the powerful people in the world are like uh, ritually like, abusing and murdering like children and stuff as part of their and this like really you know that seems like just a wild conspiracy but this case no. kind of lends credence to that no I, I would totally buy it okay it doesn't seem crazy to me all right so uh on may 28th 1996 
uh, a 12-year-old girl named Sabine Darden uh, disappeared while cycling on her way to school in the How city of Tournai. How old was she, 12? Yeah. Sabine. Mm-hmm. Um, she, she eventually uh, survived um, her kidnapping and stuff. Um, she was... Uh, and she wrote a book called... Or that was published in English under the title, I Choose to Survive. Um, in it, she talks about Wait, how... Wait, she, she survived? Yeah. <gasps> oh, God, I need to read this. <laughs> okay. Uh, so in, in the book, she talks about how she was kidnapped and, and imprisoned in a dungeon under the house belonging to... Um, a house belonging to Marc Dutroux, um, how she was starved and raped repeatedly by him. Um, a few months later, on August 9th, Let- Letitia, Letitia Delhez, also, uh, and, uh, how old was she? Um, she also disappeared. Um, she was b- 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 14. Okay. Um, at the time she, uh, she was walking home from a community swimming p- pool. Aww. Um, a witness, but... Uh, a witness saw Dutro's van and could identify part of the license plate. And so they began an investigation. Police began an investigation to Mark Dutro. Oh, okay. Wait, um, who is this guy? What, how, why is he so high up? Who is he? He just is. Yeah, he just, he's, he's really just a guy. Um, so his, he's like worth... Kind of like Jeffrey Epstein was just a guy. Yeah, he's kind of just a guy. But he knew a, a lot of big guys. Kind of, yeah. Um, so this Mark... So the original house search of Mark Dutro's house... Um, well, okay, so this witness who saw Dutro's van and could identify part of the license plate, that led to him being arrested, okay. as well as his wife and his friend... Um, August 13th, like four days after they kidna- kidna- kidnapped this girl. Mm-hmm. Um, the original search of the house, of his house, proved inconclusive. But two days later, on August 15th, uh, Dutroux and Lelever confessed and they lead policemen to the dungeon what? where Sabine and Leticia are captive. They're like in, a, in like cages in a dungeon under oh his house. Oh my god. In Belgium. Why'd they confess, exactly? I don't know. I don't know why they confessed. Seems um, weird to me, but okay. I mean, good, but, mm-hmm. you know. I guess they figure that they're going to find them eventually. Yeah. So they might as well confess now. That's true, that's true. Um, on August 16th, um, oh no, on, I think it was August 15th, a fourth, a fourth person confessed connected to this case is arrested named Michel Nihul um Mich- Michel he's a, he's a more on him later okay I'll talk about him a little bit okay so he was also arrested he's like yeah he's like a businessman like a pub owner he was he was arrested a couple days after like Mich- Dutro and his wife and friend were arrested okay um so part of I so like part of the reason they confess is they're like it, it wasn't just me it was like the I'm part of like a bigger thing that this other guy's involved in, Michelle. Uh, oh shit! Uh, so uh, a couple days later, or the next day on August seventeenth, 
Uh, Dutroux brought police to another house in Sars-la-Boussière, where he had buried in the garden the bodies of three <gasps> more people. Oh, my God. Um, one was a Frenchman named Bernard Weinstein. Um, he had been, he's an, he was an accomplice of Dutroux's, but there had been an issue between them. And so he murdered him and buried him in oh, the yard. Shoot. Um, the other two were so both. like a murderer. Yeah. Like a serial killer. Yeah. Jeez. Is, is Jeffrey uh, Epstein and him friends? I don't think so. Not that I, I not that I saw while I was researching. Is Jeffrey this. Epstein a serial killer? I don't. Is there any evidence that he murdered people? I don't know that there's any necessary evidence that he murdered anyone. Not, I, not that, that, that I've any heard. Less bad because he didn't possibly didn't murder people. But I just I mean, wondering. I I I wouldn't. I wouldn't say for sure. Hired people to do it. I don't think he did it. Yeah, I, I, I can't say either way whether he murdered anyone or not. I would not be surprised. Okay, continue. Okay. Anyway, so in the the other two people in the backyard, um, were two eight year old classmates (gasps) named Julie Lejeune and uh, Melissa Russo. No. I'm sorry. Why eight? I. That's just how old they were. Dang. Uh, they had been abducted on June 24th of oh. 1995 in the city of Liege. Why did he kill them? They'd been kept in a dungeon and repeatedly sexually uh. abused. And Dutroux had made videos <gasps> of their abuse. Uh. Oh, I should have given like a content warning about how dark this was going to be. And how sad it was going to make everyone. Maybe you can add one in the end and then I can put it in at the beginning okay. of it. <laughs> yeah, good idea. At the beginning, because you should probably do that. Yeah. Uh, they, oh, uh, they had, they died of starvation. Oh my the two. gosh. Um, so not long after Dutro had killed uh, Weinstein, his, accompli- his, accom- his accomplice. His accomplice. Yeah. His accomplishment. <laughs> He'd been convicted of stealing a van and served three months in prison. And so his his wife, Michelle Martin, was supposed to keep feeding um, Julie, Julie and Melissa but she in the dungeon. But she claimed that she never did because she was too afraid to enter the dungeon where they were kept. Wait, so she knew about this dungeon thing? Yeah. And she stayed with this guy? Yeah. Honestly, scary, though. I'd be like, okay. <laughs> she should have ran away when he was in prison. Yeah, I know. Hey, I can't. Well, uh, you know. they'd actually gotten married when he had been in prison before. Oh. <laughs> he'd, okay. He'd, well, he, she was his, like, second wife, I think. Um, so she was like, okay, with all this, probably. Yeah, she was, it. yeah. She was all good with it. That's grody. August 18th, the next day, uh, Dutroux and Lelever confessed to kidnapping two teenage girls, Anne Marshall and Ifya Lembrax, about a year earlier on August 22nd, 1995. Uh, but they insist that they didn't murder them. They just kidnapped them. Uh, then uh, a couple weeks later, on September 3rd, 1996... Marshall and Lambrecht's bodies are found buried in the backyard of a house in Jumet. Um, it was found that Dutroux had drugged them, wrapped oh, them in plastic, and then buried them alive. 
Oh my god, he is a serial killer. Yeah. He kills so many people. Mm-hmm. And rapes children. <sighs> yeah. Ugh. Mm-hmm. So I mentioned that he'd been in prison before all yes. this. Um, Why? So back in 1989, Dutroux had been convicted of the rape and kidnapping of about five other girls. And he did three months for it? No, no, no. That was oh. three months for stealing a car. Okay. In How 1995. Long did he do for five? So back in 1989, he was sentenced to 13 and 13 years. Uh, How but much he, time did he serve? He served three and a half years. For kidnapping and raping five girls? Yeah. So he was sentenced to 13 years and only served three and a half. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, he was granted early release by Minister of Justice Melchior Wathelet. He was sentenced to what? He was sentenced to 13 years and only served three and a half. Yeah. Uh, he was granted early oh, early granted release, early release. Okay. by Minister of Justice Melchior Wathelet. Wathelet. Dummy. Wathelet. Why? Um... Well, this, he liked him? this guy kind of had a, he had. They were fucking. He, he oh. had um, yeah. encouraged the early, early release of many sex offenders, it <laughs> seems like. Um, but Why? he released um, Dutroux against, against the recommendation of the public prosecutor who prosecuted Dutroux in that case and the psychiatrist who had examined him in prison and that had stated that he remained dangerous. So this uh, Melchior Wathele, um, he he himself was later implicated as being part of an organized child abuse ring by two separate witnesses <gasps> in the aftermath of the, the Dutro case. Oh, my God. Uh, Regina Loof, who I'll talk about later, who was an alleged victim of an organized child abuse, child abuse and prostitution, and Pascal Willens who was a Belgian psychologist working with two young abuse victims aged 8 to 10 years. 8 to 10 years? Mm-hmm. Old? Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. Yeah, so this, this judge who released him early um, was himself involved in things connected to Dutroux. Did you say prostitution? I meant... I met, yeah, Regina Loof, an alleged victim of organized child abuse and prostitution. Like sex trafficking? Yeah. Probably not prostitution. I don't know. That's what Wikipedia said. Okay, well, that's not... I just copied okay. that sentence from Wikipedia. Okay. All right. Sorry. Leniency, but I would say, like, sex trafficking. Yeah, you're right. I was trying to go quick, so I forgot to edit it. Anyway. Okay, so this just trying to just trying to clear it up. Okay, uh, so more on this uh, Regina Loof person. Okay, uh, who said that Melchior Wathelet had been in, uh, involved in stuff. Uh, she was she was witness X one basically, um, or that's her like code name basically. Um, numerous women codenamed ex-witnesses uh, spoke to investigators working on the Dutro case. Like the letter X or yeah, the X? X. Okay. The letter X. Okay. Um, uh, claiming to have suffered horrific abuses at the hands of a, crim- of, of a criminal network linked to Dutro and Michel Nihul. 
Um, she told investigators how from the age of 12, she'd been given by her parents to a family friend, Tony Van de Bogart, who'd had a key to their house. He would collect her from school and take her away for weekends to, to sex parties where she was given to other men and secretly filmed having sex with them. Oh my God. At 12? Um, yeah. Starting from the age of 12. Can't. Um, she said it was highly organized. She says big business, blackmail. There was a lot of money involved. This girl still alive? Yeah. She the one that was trapped in the sex dungeon? No, she. This is just doesn't seem to have ever been. She was a witness who. So one of the like people working on the case put out a call for like victims of like pedophiles to like come forward and like talk to them yeah and so she was one of those people she was the first one basically to come forward and talk about it with two investigators that's so Um, scary yeah she like yeah she talked to investigators and her like her um her identity was supposed to remain anonymous but all uh how old is was she when she came forward she was uh, she was like a an adult she was like a grown person and i i think her 30s maybe or 20s or 30s it's so scary yeah um she described certain regular clients um including judges one of the such as um one of the country's most powerful politicians now dead and a prominent banker who she would see and interact with at these sex parties that this guy brought her to why did her parents give her away? Um, I don't really know. Were they offered money? Were they I not think, doing well or something? I th- I'm guessing that's what it was. Ugh. I'm pretty They're sure. gross. Yeah, I know. Um, but she says also these parties weren't just about sex. Um, they also they involved sadism, torture, Ugh. and even Ugh. murder. Oh my god. God, this woman has to be so messed up. And she described the places, the victims, and the way they were killed to investigators. Oh my. She witnessed like murders? Like, yeah. All the time. To- like torture and murder? Yeah. Holy shit. Mm hmm. Yeah. I would not want to come forward with this information. I'd be like, they're going to find me and kill me. <laughs> I know. Well, one of the organizers of, the, of these parties, she claimed, was the man she was the man she knew as Mitch, Jean Michel Nihul. Um, okay. And she also said that Dutro was a boy who brought drugs, cocaine to these parties. He brought some girls, watched girls. At these events, Nihul was a sort of party beast, while Dutro was more on the side. That's what oh she said. Oh my gosh. Um. Yeah. Whack. So about this Michel Nuhul guy. Yeah, this guy sounds. Uh, he was a businessman and pub owner in uh, Belgium. Uh, Dutro claimed that Michel Nuhul had been his accomplice and his link to a larger criminal enterprise. Oh my God. Um, investigators believed that Dutro and Nuhul were planning a long-distance prostitution trafficking network involving cars and the import of girls from Slovakia. Um, a dossier released by WikiLeaks in 2009 states that there are photos and records of Newell palling around with various Belgian political figures, like powerful people in Belgium. Um, in a 2002 interview with documentarian Olenka Frankel, uh, Newell 
claimed that he would never be brought to court because he possessed information about powerful people in Belgium that would bring the government down. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Um, I don't think I like the word. I don't like the word prostitution. Sorry. I know. I don't like it. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did I say it again? Oh, yes. yeah, prostitute, yeah. And I don't, this is not, like, consensual sex work. Yeah. You're right. It's like sex trafficking. Yeah, I agree. It is, yeah. Not I, prostitution trafficking A, a long-distance sex trafficking network involving cars. Wikipedia, get your shit together. I know. Don't use that word. I don't like it. There's other words, <laughs> mm -hmm. accurate words, like sex trafficking and, you know, sex workers. Mm -hmm. I don't like the word prostitute. Yeah, I agree. It's not a good one. It's mean. It has bad connotations. Is that what I'm looking for? Yeah. It does. Yeah, I There's agree. There's sex workers. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes sex trafficking, I would say, is non-consensual sex work. Yes, I agree. Or rape. <laughs> uh, sex trafficking anyway i don't like prostitution trafficking i'm like what the fuck yeah i you know mean that's sex a weird trafficking that's a weird phrase that, well i was like what is prostitution trafficking you mean sex trafficking of minors in yeah. this case what a the lot hell? of this you know a lot a lot of the information that i was a lot of the articles that i was looking at were from like 15 or 20 years ago Oh, people still today I read in articles will be like, this prostitute. Yeah, I'm I like, know. what the fuck? No, I know. Or I, like it was, prostitution it was just all rings, and I'm like, you mean sex trafficking? Yeah. Like, it, like, no, not yeah. prostitution no, rings. Just like none of none of the articles that I read said, a, said like sex worker, sex trafficking, now that I think of it. They were from a different time. Yeah, I just don't like. Especially like a prostitution ring or prostitution trafficking. It sounds mm -hmm. like these girls joined by choice. Yeah. And even then, I prostitute isn't a good word. Mm -hmm. There's better words, more accurate words. You're right. <laughs> phrasings to mm -hmm. use. Okay. Okay. Uh, so just wanted to put that out there. Speaking of the information that Newell said that he that could bring the Belgian government down, uh, when Dutro was arrested on the car theft charge back in December of 1995, um, the police searched Dutro's properties and found um, hundreds or over a hundred videotapes. Ugh. There. Wow, that is just like Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah, I know. <laughs> How they found like CDs. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, so, but they found these tapes, but the police never watched them. They never like investigate, looked at them or anything. Uh, uh some of them what? were like kept and just never looked at for years. Um, Are we sure they were never looked at or I bet people looked at them and then they're like, nah, we just never looked at them. <laughs> Maybe some of, the, some of the ones that the police kept went missing uh -huh. after a certain, at, at some point. They took them home. <laughs> or they implicated powerful people who wouldn't who wouldn't want to be blackmailed like that and right. so the tapes went missing went missing um so they took them home some of the tapes were even returned to dutro without looking at them or anything what no stop oh my um gosh. i guess you know around the time that the like 
you know, car theft trial and stuff was going on. No. Yeah. Uh, during the eventual trial in the Detroit affair, um, Leticia Delez, she was one of the ones who was rec- rescued from the dungeon, yeah. expressed disappointment that the videos were never reviewed. As mm. she said, it would prove that Dutroux wasn't acting alone. Yeah. Um, when years later, um, a few of the videotapes were looked at, um, they showed Dutroux raping a young woman in, in Slovakia and him building the dungeon where he kept the girls captive. He videotaped him. Was there just a camera constantly going? I have no idea. Why did he film himself building the dungeon? That's gross. I, I mean, it's all gross, but why? Mm-hmm. Why? I, really, that, I, do, I don't get that. I don't one. know. Like, you have a camera, you might as well use it. I don't know. Does that turn him on? Like, I, look at this dungeon I built. <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. Maybe it was for one of the people in his network to show them the progress. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Here's my sex dungeon. Oh, yeah. that's horrifying. Mm-hmm. If I'm picked up off the street, put in a flipping dungeon, that would be like a nightmare. Yeah. No. Well, yeah. I mean, and so, like, the thing is that, like, if they had actually watched this back in December of 1995 when they arrested him, none... None of the like four girls <gasps> who he murdered. They would have seen your building. They would have found. Dungeon. They would have found the dungeon. Oh my And God. been able to like, yeah, keep them from being murdered. This is the worst. This is just like Jeffrey Epstein. Mm-hmm. They probably just gave him the tapes back because they're like, no, it has nothing to do with the car theft. Right. Here's your tape back. Yeah. So the guy. So the guy who found the tapes and returned to them and returned them to him Ugh. was. Chief Guard Rene Michaud. Yeah, fuck off. Um, he, he is the he he's the officer. He's the person who uh, had searched Dutro's house in the first place. Um, for the car theft thing, um, police had at the time received a letter from Dutro's mother, <laughs> who said that he was keeping young girls like what? in his house captive. His mom knew apparently, or she somehow found out. Um, and so this. This Rene Michaud guy was sent to like search the place, and he found these tapes that were never watched. But oh he d- he didn't find the dungeon where Julie Lejeune and Melissa Rousseau were being held captive. How do you just destroy a dungeon? Despite admitting that he had he heard children screaming while what? he was in the house, but he says he just thought they were like outside. No, and so he didn't. He like you know he Stop. didn't find them. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. I think he found that flipping dungeon. Um, Didn't want to find it. Yeah. Uh, Belgian police admitted that his incompetence led to the death of the young girls. But still, in 2009, he was promoted to police commissioner. No! For the area. He should have been fired! Um, How do you not find a dungeon? Is that just not in his basement? It was probably just in his flipping basement. How do you not find a dungeon? The guy says that the dungeon was well hidden, apparently. No! No, there had to be some sort of door. <laughs> if you don't want to find it, it's easy not to find. <laughs> it was probably just in his basement. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. Or in the basement, there's a door that leads down further. I don't know. Yeah, I it's know, not, probably. It, you can't hide a dungeon. I don't believe it. I know, it. yeah. The, the His promotion to police commissioner in 2009 is seen by many as a reward for his role. Oh, in the my. whole, like, cover-up and stuff. As in his... The cover-up? Oh, or whatever. yeah. He didn't want to find that dungeon. Mm-hmm. For his help, you know, not inspecting the videotapes uh. and finding the dungeon. Um, yeah. 
So this ex-interview team who interviewed um, Regina Luf and other and nine other people. Um, soon after the police began to verify parts of Luf's story, the team of special investigators who had interviewed her were um, were dismissed. They were uh, taken off the case. They were. Oh my god. Um, or I think they might have been fired. I don't know. Um, at least one of the murders she described matched an unsolved case from 1984, um, the murder of Christine Van Hee. Um, Luf described in detail the gruesome and very specific way in which she was murdered, as well as the mushroom farm where her body was found, giving information that hadn't been released to the public, oh, so only wow. someone who had actually witnessed the murder would know it. Wow. Um, or been to the place and stuff. Um, the farm where it took place was de- had been demolished by the time she talked to the police. But the son of the farm's former owner said, I have never met Regina Loof. All I know is that she could not have described the house as well as she did unless she'd been there. It was two houses joined together in a strange way. It would be impossible to invent it. Hmm. Um, yeah. Luf insists both Nihul and Dutro were there that night. Um, Nihul, she claims, took part in the murder, a charge he denies. Dutro, she says, watched. Um, but after the teams who interviewed her and like started putting this together were dismissed, the official line from Belgian authorities was that she had just made everything up. <gasps> oh my god. That from the yeah. No. Um, the Van He murder that she seemed to be a witness to had been under the purview of a judge um, named a ju- Judge Van Espen. Um, this Van Espen guy, he, as a lawyer, before he was a judge, had represented Michelle Nihul. He had represented Nich- Michelle Nihul's wife in a case What'd before he was do? a judge. I don't know. But oh just God. he had worked for... Nihul, Nihul's wife and Van Espen's sister was the godmother of Nihul's child um, but wow. he was allowed to order the police officers to stay out of this case what um, Van Espen only resigned as the judge in charge of the mushroom, mushroom factory investigation in early 1998 two years after uh, Luf had told the investigators about Nihul's involvement in the murder um he had only resided in 1998 after his re- relationship was with Nihul was exposed in the press. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. Um, so the press was briefed that the previous team that had interviewed Regina Loof had been removed because they had manipulated the evidence of her. Um, the original team denies this, and no evidence has ever been presented to suggest that they actually did that, hmm. manipulated the evidence. Um, it was around this time that Regina Loof's real name was released to the press. She Ugh. was supposed to be no, just called anonymous. Yeah, uh, X one. Yeah, um, the government-owned TV station RTBF began a campaign designed to prove that Dutro was an isolated pervert kidnapping girls for himself. That there was no network, that Newell was innocent, and Luf was a liar. Oh my god. Um, Belgium's flagship current affairs television program, Au Nom de la Loi, 
uh, painted Luf's parents as tragic victims of their deranged daughter who was, like, dragging their name through oh the mud. Oh, my God. Um, despite the fact that the parents had already admitted to police that a family friend in the, his 40s, Tony Van, Tony Van den Bogart, had a key to their home and unlimited access to their 12-year-old, do- oh. 12-year-old daughter. And Van den Bogart himself had admitted his relationship with Luf to the police. So despite all these facts, the media was still trying to discredit Regina Loof and say, like, she's just making all this shit up. She doesn't. Oh, my God. She was never raped. She never knew this Vanden Bogart guy oh or Nihul or witnessed these murders. That's insane. Yeah. Um, so um, in, like, 2002, judges, or I think in, I don't know, sometime after, around this time, judges announced that Loof would not be called as a witness in any future trial of Dutro or his associates, saying that her testimony and that of all the 10 witnesses who came forward had been declared worthless because they decided to make it look like she made everything up. Oh my God. Or just start spreading the rumor. Mm. Okay. Um, so remember. So the guy who was at the beginning in charge of this investigation was was Judge Jean-Marc Con- Conorate. Okay. Conorate. Um, he was one of the original people to in- arrest Dutroux and rescue, like, Dardenne and Dalles from the dungeon underground. Okay. Um, he, and he is the one who, like, put out the call for victims of pedophiles to come forward. Okay. That led to, like, Regina Louf and other... So, good guy. Yeah, he was a okay. good guy. He was, he was like, a big, like, hero in Belgium because, uh, you know, he, he was, like, yeah. working on this big case and stuff. Until something called the Spaghetti Affair happened. What? No, why is it called this? <laughs> what? So, he attended a <laughs> fundraising dinner for the families of the victims okay where everyone who came received a plate of spaghetti that's adorable and all the like magistrates all the like government officials who came received a fountain pen as a huh. gift for coming to this fundraising thing spaghetti but in a pen receiving these these gifts the spaghetti and the pen was deemed a conflict of interest and he was removed from the case <gasps> Um, five because di- he went to this thing? Yeah, because he went to a fundraising dinner for the victim's families. And he received and spaghetti, he spaghetti and a spaghetti pen. spaghetti and a pen. Oh, fuck them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so mad. So five days after he was dismissed, um, the White March happened, where 300,000 people marched through the streets of Brussels to like protest the way that he had been dismissed and like the way that the government was handling the investigation and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it didn't really do much um the replacement for uh judge connor connorot um according to according to the victims families in the, between uh, according to like an interview with them in 2002 um in the five years since they'd transferred control to jacques Lang- langlois connorot's replacement no new evidence had been added to the dutro uh, file of like uh. information that would be presented at trial. So this new guy took over the case from the guy, and he just did nothing. nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Um. Yeah. So there, there are a ton of different. There are a ton of other things uh, that were weird in this case. Um, there were a lot of different like hair 
hair from a lot of different people found in the dungeon where he kept the girls. And there was never any DNA DNA um, analysis done on them to like determine whether other people had been there or anything. Mm, hair evidence can't be used in court anymore, though. Really? But I think in the 90s you could. Yeah. When um, it was found. Like so, people, that was like a big thing, they, like hair analysis. Mm-hmm. But I mean, now you can't. You can't use hair evidence in in, in court anymore because mm-hmm. it's not really reliable. But like, obviously, if they found a bunch of fri- flipping hair, right? There's probably DNA down there they didn't test. Yeah, definitely. So, mm-hmm. so the documentarian I mentioned earlier, she talked to um, uh, this judge's boss, so the prosecutor, the prosecutor general of Liege, mm-hmm. Anne Thiele, um, and she, when asked about the Un, un, uh, bu- 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 untested DNA. There, she said there was no need to get the hairs analyzed, as no one else entered the cage. There was no network, so there was no need to look for evidence of oh, one. Oh no, 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 no. Um, then, when she was like pressed on it even further, she said, "In any case, the hairs have all now been analyzed, all five thousand, and the results of this analyst, nothing." Uh, Tilly flashed a, me a tri- triumphant smile. No evidence of any relevance in the Dutro affair, which proves, of course, that Langlois was right all along. Mm-hmm. Um, but this documentarian went on talked to other people involved in the investigation and confirmed that at that time the hairs had still not been analyzed. So the prosecutor general was just lying to her that they'd been tested and found nothing when they actually hadn't been tested at all. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <sighs> yeah. Um, they also claimed that the, uh, the, um, the two girls who had been buried alive in one of D- in Dutro's backyard, um, that there had been, that they were too decomposed to do any DNA testing on, to take samples from. That's not how that works. However, the autopsy of those bodies clearly states that the bodies were not decomposed when they were uncovered. What? And that samples were taken for DNA testing. Oh, no, no, no. But no one knows what has happened to the results of those tests. And people dig up bodies, like, years later and do DNA tests. Yeah. Like, there's no way they were too decomposed to get something. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, that, oh, I mean, all that stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. This is just like Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. Um, is TrueAnon talked about this at all? I don't, no, It's not I don't related, so. so I guess it doesn't matter, but it's similar. Yeah, no. I, I, it would go along with what they talk about. I might have, they might have, or I think in one of their first episodes one of their guests might have briefly mentioned it. That might have been where I first, like, heard about this case. Mm. I know I first heard about it, yeah, on either that podcast or a different one. Mm. But as, and as, like, being similar to the Jeffrey Epstein case. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah. Um, they also apparently never... So remember how... Dutro said that he and Michelle were planning on like extending their like sex trafficking operation into like other countries to bring people in by car and yeah. stuff. There was apparently no investigation at all into that, into like their 
plan to like take people from other countries or to um or into even even after they watched the videotape of Dutro raping someone in Slovakia that I mentioned that they never like looked into that at all. What? Serious right now? Mm-hmm. They didn't? They watched a video of him raping someone and they didn't do anything about it? Yeah. What? Apparently, six Belgian investigators visited the Czech Republic and Slovakia in August 1996. um, And they said that it wasn't possible to prove that Dutroux had committed any crimes while being there. Thus, they returned without any substantial evidence. No, 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 Mm -hmm. no. Yeah. You don't watch a video of someone having sex with an eight-year-old and think that it was... A, consensual, B, okay, because she was eight. Mm-hmm. Either way, <laughs> she's so young. Yeah. She's a very much a minor, like a flipping, that's like a second grader. Yeah. Oh my God. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. This is fucked up. Mm-hmm. So. Ugh, second grader. Mm-hmm. Ugh, why? People are so nasty. Yeah. How do you watch that and think, I eh, didn't do anything wrong? Well, uh, the, the the woman, he, I mean, the, that he was, like, convicted of, of the, the eight-year-olds. But the, it did, I, I didn't see anywhere, like, how old the Slovakian woman that he was probably around eight probably yeah all his victims seem to be like eight to twelve eight to like 14 so i'm gonna go around like 10 maybe it's insanity Mm -hmm. um yeah okay so so another weird thing about him is that dutro was like he was like a oh like a he'd been like arrested a few times before all this for like petty theft like burglary and stuff um, around the time that this all this happened, he was like he was apparently an he had been an electrician was his like profession and he was getting like um he was getting like government assistance pay for because he like had no real income basically. So he's getting like twelve hundred dollars a month from the Belgian government hmm. because he yeah. Um but somehow he owned ten houses and had a Net worth of six million Belgian francs. What? Uh, which at the time was about two hundred thousand U.S. dollars. Oh, yeah. But he owned ten houses, and yet he was still. They still tried to paint him as like just this nobody, like petty, like career criminal, petty thief, just a perverted, perverted guy. Guy, yeah. You're not just a perverted person if you have a sex dungeon. <laughs> for yes. second graders. Yes. And probably 10 of them. Mm-hmm. Did they check the other houses? <laughs> I bet there were more. I, yeah, I have no idea. Um, yeah, when, when that, I, the, the WikiLeaks do, dossier that I mentioned that came out in 2009, Belgian authorities tried to have the dossier taken down from the internet and they they tried to have like WikiLeaks totally blocked in Belgium, like the website, to keep that from leaking. Mm. Which 
I, I didn't really read through the dossier because it was all in French and I don't read French. Right. Um, yeah. But I, I read some article, some of the articles that I've taken things from cited parts of it. Um, and it seems pretty, seems to contain a lot of evidence that uh, Dutro and Nihul were part of a much larger ring that involved lots of people. Um, there was something else I was going to mention, but I f- forget what it was. Um, anyway, yeah. So the Dutro is eventually was sentenced to life in prison. Um, for what? For his for murder and oh yeah, kidnapping he was and found, rape. Yeah, they found they bodies. found him and uh, his shocked he was even. Yeah. Um, was he killed? No, he's still alive. He's still oh. alive in solitary confinement. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the uh, Michel Nihu guy, he died at the age of 78. Um, and... How old is the, the His dude, wife whatever. and his other friend have both been released. Mm. How old was who? How old is who? Dutro or whatever his name is. Um, let me scroll up How and see. How old is he now? He was born, he's 63. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, he would have been in his 40s, I guess, at the time. No. Yeah. In his 30s. Gross. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's that. That's it? Yeah. Okay. I, I thought there was something else that I meant to mention, but I don't remember what it is. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, sorry about that. No, it's okay. Should have warned you. No, it's fine. It's fine. Okay. Well, um, is that the end? We're almost at. We're at an hour and forty-five. Wow. Yeah, that's the end. All right. Well, good job. I liked it. Did you like mine? Yeah, I liked yours a lot. They were long this week. (laughs) It's a long episode. Whatever. All right. Well, we should probably sign off. Yep. Uh, I've been Harry. I'm still Carly. And this has been... Known Unknowns. Have a tablespoon of apple cider vinegar a day. Because it's weird out there. Bye. Bye.